The Productive Woman, Episode 475. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, we're going to talk about a few habits that take only a few minutes, but can help you be more organized and productive every day. You'll find more information and links to some resources mentioned in the show, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 475. So one principle, I guess, of productivity that I've talked about on and off over the years is the idea that small actions taken consistently will bring better results than grand gestures taken occasionally. We can sometimes make big plans and set big goals, and there's nothing wrong with that, but the best way to achieve them is to develop habits, things that we do almost automatically that move us in the direction of our goals. For more thoughts on the value of habits and and how to nurture some useful ones, you can check out episode 230 when we talked about key takeaways from James Clear's wonderful book, Atomic Habits, and also episode 147 where we discussed The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Both of those were in our productive reading series, and there's lots of good stuff there. I recommend those books highly. So for many of us, one of the goals we have, and maybe the reason the reason I talk about things on this podcast, and maybe the reason that you listen, is we have a goal to be more organized. The more organized we are, both in our space and in our use of time, the more at peace we can be, and the more we can accomplish because we're wasting less time. The challenge, I think, for many of us is that we have a lot going on in our lives, which makes the idea of taking on a big reorganization project feel very overwhelming. And it's very easy for things to kind of get out of control when life is hectic and there's a lot going on. But even if we don't have the time or the energy to spend big chunks of time organizing our space or our life, We can still make progress by establishing small habits that take only a couple of minutes but can result in a more organized home, workspace, and life. One great book about this concept is a book called Mini Habits. That is mini, M-I-N-I. Mini Habits, um, subtitled Smaller Habits, Bigger Results, and it's written by Stephen Gies. Um, really, really good book and, and with lots of useful ideas. As I've been thinking about that in my own life, this whole concept of getting organized and staying organized, uh, I started to do some online research to see what organization experts have to say about that. And I thought I'd share with you some recommendations for habits we can all consider adding to our lives. And they kind of fall in various categories, uh, one of them being a tidier home or tidier space, Um, the second one being a decluttered space, and 
the third one being a decluttered mind. And so I've got about 20 of them, and I'm just going to go through those quickly and see if any of these resonate with you uh, for things that, uh, small habits that you can take on and nurture in your own life to be more organized and more productive. So uh, again, the first category is basically a t having a tidier home, habits that contribute to that, because a tidier home can equal less stress in our lives. And we can all use that. And so the first one on my list, really because every single resource that I looked at started with this one, is to make your bed every day. Uh, it only takes a couple of minutes, and there are lots of reasons why pretty much every productivity or organization expert uh, starts with this one. And we've talked about it before on this podcast. Uh, there are lots of reasons why it's valuable. Because your bed is the largest thing in the room, it, making the bed immediately makes the whole room look better. It's also a small thing we can do that sort of establishes a sense of control and discipline and can start us off on the right uh, track for the day. For me personally, it just makes me feel good every time I walk through the room to see the bed made neatly. It doesn't take long. Uh, it might take more than two minutes, but it takes less than five minutes for sure. And it's something I try to do every morning. Uh, my process isn't to make the bed the minute I get out of it because, you know, there are some people that say, some experts, I guess, that it's good for the bed to air out before it's made up, after you've slept in it all night. And so what I do when I get up in the morning is I fold all the blankets and sheets and everything back toward the foot of the bed and leave it to air out while I do my morning routine. But before I start my day, uh, and as you know, if you've been here for a while, I work from home, but I work a lot uh, as a, a lawyer. Um, and before I start my work day, whether it's on a weekday when I am actually doing legal work or on the weekend when I'm doing, you know, things around the house, I always make the bed and I do it quickly. I've got a system in place. It's become a habit. So I don't have to think about how to do it or, uh, or that whether I'm going to do it, but it's something I do every day. And I encourage you, if it's not something you do already, to, to start your day with that habit. A second habit that lots of people recommend for having a tidier and more organized home is to designate a drop zone near the entrance that you come in through uh, when you come home or you and your family come in. Uh, for a lot of us, that's through the, uh, from the garage, an entrance from the garage. And have a drop zone near that for things like keys, wallets, maybe your phones, jackets, and, and other things that you bring in. Designate that drop zone, create that space, and use it every day. That, so develop the habit of using that. Now, that might mean hooks on the wall or for keys and, and purses and things like that. Or it might be, mean a tray on a small table. That's what we have. Uh, we have a very small table right by the door that comes in from the garage where we park our cars. And on that little table, I have a bowl for putting keys in. I have a small acrylic organizer where we can drop things like 
um, there are some gift cards in there and just certain things like that. And I also have a, a small vase with a, some artificial flowers that I think are pretty. So it makes it look nice. But that's a space right there where it's very convenient to drop things. Whatever works in your space, the idea is to have a place to contain these things so that it looks tidier. And it's also very important that you always put those things there. If it's the place where you put your keys uh, a wallet, a phone, jackets, your purse, whatever it might be. If you always put those things there, you will never waste a moment of time looking for them because they will always be at that place that you've designated for them. The third habit to develop kind of ties with this idea of a landing zone, and that is to put your bag and your shoes and your coat away as soon as you come into the house or into your office, if you go into an office. Same reason as the drop zone idea. Have the place where you put them, uh, a space designated for them that's not on the floor or tossed over a piece of furniture, uh, but a, a specific place for those things that you put them away. If you've got a coat closet, that's great. But if you don't, a hook or um, whatever it might be so that you can put those things away right away, keeps things tidy, keeps things organized, resulting in a, a more peaceful space. Uh, similarly to the, that one is number four, which is to always bring in from your car uh, whatever you took with you when you left. Uh, so if it's your coat, it's your purse, um, anything like that, whatever you took with you and anything you might have picked up while you were out. If you always bring it, it in, you develop that habit of grabbing that stuff and taking it into the house when you come in, then your car will always be tidy and um, that's just a nicer place to go into so that if, among other things, if you need to carpool with somebody, you're not going to be embarrassed by stuff thrown all over the place. You can also train your kids, if you still have children at home, to do the same thing. Train them to develop the habit of when you get home, look around your seat. What what do you have there? Is it a, you know, one of your stuffies or a, a, your jacket or your backpack or whatever you have in the car, bring it in with you when you go so that you always know where those things are. It, it often happens that the things that get left in the car may be things that we spend time looking around the house trying to remember where it is. So if we can develop that habit of always bringing things in, we don't have to worry about that. Number five is to deal with the mail as soon as it comes in the door. Instead of letting it pile up on a counter somewhere, develop the habit of processing it as you're carrying it in or as soon as it comes in. So for me, if I bring in the mail from our mailbox, which is out by the curb, I will actually stop at the trash bin in the garage on my way past it and immediately toss into it any junk mail so that that stuff doesn't even come into the house. But if you take, this is something that's, you know, 60 seconds at best to just sort through it quickly, immediately discard uh, any junk mail, anything you know you're not going to keep, and anything that's going to um, need action, a bill to pay or an invitation to reply to or an important paper that needs to be filed, have a place where those things go and take care of it as soon as you bring it in so you only touch it once and it's all taken care of. 
And obviously, if you have recycling available where you live, you can do the same thing with the recycle bin. We don't have that. And so unfortunately, I just have to toss it in the trash. But trying to um, process it immediately is such a great way to keep that from cluttering up your space and um, making the, just adding to the stress level. Number six habit to consider is developing a habit of tidying your space when you leave it at the end of the day. This lets you hit the ground running the next day. We're always going to be more productive coming into a clean and tidy space, whether it's at home or at the office. So for instance, at home, before you go to bed at night, take a moment to kind of go around the living room or family room, whatever your space is that you occupy in the evenings, and and just tidy it up. Any snack dishes, into the take those into the kitchen and either wash them really quick or put them in the dishwasher, depending on what your setup is. Toss any trash. Take a moment to straighten any pillows and throw blankets that you have there. If there are any toys for your kids or your dogs or whatever, uh, toss those into a bin or a basket or a drawer that you have designated for those. Any reading materials get put into a drawer or on a shelf or wherever you've designated for those to be. This can take two minutes or less to do this, but can make a big difference about how you feel coming into that space the next morning. Similarly, uh, with your office, whether you work from home or if you go somewhere else to work, Studies have shown uh, over and over again that we are most focused and productive when our workspace is tidy because, among other things, we have fewer distractions. So before you leave your workspace, take two minutes to just tidy it up. Not This isn't the time for a deep clean. It's just tidying it up. So any coffee mugs or snack dishes, put where they belong. Files or books or work tools like pens, notepads, art supplies, if you're an artist, any of that sort of thing, those um, get put away. Uh, trash is tossed. Any crumbs and, and that sort of thing on uh, cleaned off your work surface just real quickly so that there's nothing left on your desk or your work surface except perhaps your to-do list for the next day and the files or other materials that you need for the first thing you're going to work on in the morning. Uh, taking literally two minutes or less to do that can make a big difference in how you feel coming into your workspace the next day, and you're able to get right to work without having to sort through trash and figure out what you're supposed to be doing next. The seventh habit that we can work on developing, if this isn't something you already do, is to create the habit of never putting clothes on the floor or on furniture. Instead, take that two minutes or less that it would take to hang them up or put them in the laundry hamper, depending on what they are. This not only keeps your space looking tidier, which reduces stress, but also will help your clothes last longer, which reduces expense. Um, so have a place to put those things and put them there as soon as you take them off. Have a place to put clothes that have been worn, for instance, but don't yet need to be washed. Maybe a, a shirt that you wore just for a little while and it's not, it doesn't need to go into the laundry yet. So f for myself, in our closet, I have a hook for my nightgown that I might wear the same nightgown for a couple of nights. 
And so I'll hang it up so it can air out during the day until I'm ready to wear it again, rather than just tossing it on the floor or something like that. And then I also have a separate section of my closet where I hang clothes that have been worn but don't need to be washed yet. So maybe a dress that I wore just for a few hours and, you know, didn't get all sweaty or anything like that. I hang those things up in this particular area so I can know at a glance, all right, I've worn that, doesn't need to be washed yet, but maybe the next time I wear it. It'll go into the laundry after I take it off. So the idea is to create this habit of never putting clothes, dropping them on the floor or tossing them over a piece of furniture, but having a place to put them and taking that two minutes that it takes to put them away. Uh, moving out of that area, an, an eighth habit uh, that takes only a couple minutes but can make a big difference in our life is to regularly toss expired food. This isn't just a tidiness thing, but it also ensures that the food in our refrigerator and our pantry is fresh. So there are different ways of doing this. Uh, certainly before you go grocery shopping, to take a quick scan of the refrigerator or a pantry shelf and toss any food that is past its expiration date or just past its prime. Uh, you can do the same thing maybe while you're waiting for the pasta water to boil or, or something like that. Um, waiting for the microwave to heat something up, you, you've got a minute or two. Uh, use that time to kind of scan and see if there's any food that needs to be discarded. So find that, toss it, if it needs to be replaced, add that to the grocery list right away and then quickly just kind of tidy and wipe down the shelf that this stuff was on. And again, this takes two minutes at the most. You don't need to do, you know, this isn't the time where you're going to empty out the refrigerator and scrub the whole thing out. It is just a quick scan, toss, wipe down, add something to the grocery list if it's going to need to be replaced. A ninth habit to implement when it comes to food, so in the kitchen, is to use the first in, first out method of storing food. This is something I learned years and years ago when, uh, before I had any kids and I was a manager at a fast food place for a while. And their process was you'd get a big order of food every week and you always moved the stuff that was already in the refrigerator or the freezer on the shelf or whatever, moved it forward and you put the new stuff behind it. So what came in first gets used first. And I have always implemented that in my home as well. So when you bring in new food items, you move the existing stuff forward and put the new behind it so that what came in first gets used first. Uh, similarly, when you're, if you decant items like flour, sugar, cereal, or other dry goods out of the boxes or bags into containers, be sure to empty the canister or container into a bowl first. So if there's a little bit of flour left and you've got a new bag of flour you're going to put in there, dump the old out into a bowl, put the new into the container, and then add the old on top so that you're using the oldest first. This is a habit that takes only a couple of minutes doing something you need to do anyway, um, but can make a difference in the freshness of the food and the organization of your pantry, your refrigerator, and so on. And the the tenth habit, and this is kind of the last one in the in the general category of of having a tidier home, which equals less stress, 
is to break down shipping boxes immediately when you empty them and put them out with your recycling right away. I don't know if you're like me, we get, you know, Amazon or other deliveries pretty regularly around here. And those boxes can stack up and take up a lot of space. And I, I used to, <laughs> the good ones, I'd think, oh, I should save this. I might need it sometime. Well, you only have so much space to have boxes piled around. And so I have developed the habit of as soon as I empty it, before I even put the things away that came out of the box, I break it down and I take it out to the garage. And you can save if you've got some boxes that are good ones and maybe you're going to be moving soon or you know someone who is, you don't have to save them intact. You can break them down and you can always then reset them up with some some packing tape to close them. And so I usually save a couple of them, but they're flattened and they take up hardly any space. Um, you can break them down with scissors. I find it easier to use a box cutter, which I keep handy near where I typically open the shipping boxes in the kitchen or on the kitchen island. I have a drawer where I keep scissors and a box cutter and it takes seconds. This isn't even a two minute habit. This is a seconds habit to cut the tape on both the top and the bottom, flatten the box and take it out of your house and put it, uh, put it in the recycling. Uh, the next few habits that I found, some of them I use, some of them I found from other experts that I thought are worth looking at kind of fall into the category of decluttering your space. So the, these other ones we've talked about being more organized in the use of our space. Uh, here we're talking about having decluttered space, which equals less work for us. It's much easier to organize space that is not overstuffed. And so thinking of little habits that we can develop to keep our space decluttered or over time get it decluttered, I uh, came up with a few that I thought were useful. One YouTuber who goes by the title of The Minimal Mom, um, she recommends taking advantage of trash day by the night before or whatever, walking around the house with a trash bag or just an empty plastic grocery bag and look for things around the house that can or should be tossed in the trash. And um, I thought that was a great idea uh, because then you get it out of the house right away. This kind of falls in the category of habit stacking. If you know the trash has to go out on Tuesday night because the trash guy's coming on Wednesday morning, then take two minutes just with a bag in hand to walk around. Uh, are there toys that are broken that need to be tossed? Are, are there papers somewhere? Is there, you know, whatever might be around the house? Use this, uh, the impending trash pickup as a trigger to do this, just to spend a couple minutes doing this. And she says, you always find a few things and it doesn't have to be a full bag of things, but anything you find is something that's no longer going to be taking up space in your house. So I liked that idea. Uh, a twelfth one, and this is something I've done for a long time, is to keep a donation box conveniently located in your house. Some people put a box or a bin in every closet for clothes to be tossed into when you realize, oh, I don't want this anymore, it doesn't fit, whatever it might be. I usually try to keep one of those Amazon boxes intact sitting out uh, in the garage, which are 
door to our garage is just off the kitchen, so it's pretty convenient there, uh, where I will put anything I come across in the house when I realize I don't need this anymore, we don't use it, um, I don't like it, whatever it might be, anything from kitchen items to clothing to books, although I seldom want to get rid of any books, but that's a, another story for another day. Um, anything, items of decor, anything that we real, I realize, you know, we don't need this. I try to make it really easy for myself to declutter by having that box handy. When I've got the thing in my hand, I can just take it out and put it in the box. And then once the box is full, be sure to put it in your car to be dropped off at the charity shop next time you drive by. The, the idea is to make it very, very easy to collect items you no longer need or use and put them in a place where uh, somebody else can enjoy and take advantage of it. A 13th habit that I came across in doing some of my research that I thought was a really good idea is to scan receipts and then toss them. So for a lot of us, one of the biggest areas of clutter is paper, and in particular, receipts. You know, they can collect in our purses or our bags, on the counter, anywhere, and we don't necessarily need most of them. And so uh, I'm trying to remember who, where it was I read this, but I thought this was such a great idea to simply scan them and then toss them. You can scan them. You can take a photo with your phone and just save it to an album that you create just for receipts. Or you can use a scanning app like Adobe Scan. Uh, there's one called Scanner App or even Apple Notes if you've got an iPhone. And I'll put a link in the show notes to an article that kind of rates the top scanner apps for this use. But this would be a great habit to develop to just every time you go shopping and you've got a receipt, just take a picture of it or scan it with that app and then toss the paper. So instead of, you know, letting them collect in your purse. Another habit of this would be number 14. This came from a blogger who goes by the name of Get Organized Wizard. And I'll have a link to her article as well. And she recommends something called the three-item daily declutter. And I really like this idea. Just develop the habit of every day looking for three or, you know, it can be two or one or whatever you want it to be. But the idea is to habitually look around your house and find something to put into to that donation bin or into the trash if it's something that's broken and just make that a habit of something you do every day looking we all have stuff almost all of us maybe you don't maybe you're you've already decluttered your home and and it, everything in it is something you use regularly and love but for the rest of us I love this idea of just developing the habit of every day looking for something that can go either into the donation box or into the trash. And finally, number 15, under this, uh, the fifth item under this category of decluttering our space to make less work for ourselves, is um, to use the one-in, one-out rule. And that is when you buy a new version of any item that you already have, either toss or if it's still in usable condition, donate the one that it's replacing instead of hanging on to it just in case. Now, this one, I will confess, is tough for me. I 
hang on to things. Uh, if they're perfectly good, I have a really hard time getting rid of them if it's something that I use enough that I got a, a replacement of it. And this, per, for me, falls in the category of things like um, kitchen utensils and things like that. So developing this habit is something I'm going to work on, that if I get a new one, a nicer version of a, I don't know, cake pan or anything in the house, to either trash the one that it's replacing, that I bought it because it, the, you know, the one doesn't work right or something, or put it in the donation box. This is a way you can prevent clutter from creeping back in, especially if you've you know, gone to the, the work of decluttering your space over time, a way to keep it from coming back is to use this one in, one out rule. And then the last category of, of habits that we can all consider have to do with what I would call decluttering our mind, because a decluttered mind equals less distraction, which is going to mean more productivity and just more happiness in general. And so uh, the first one under this item and the number 16 habit to consider is simply to make a list every day and review it regularly. It only takes a couple minutes to sit down and get these things out of our head and into a trusted system, but it makes a huge difference in how focused we can be, or on the other hand, how distracted we might be. So get things these things out of our head. And this applies to task lists, to project lists that where we're brainstorming the, the pieces of the project, to grocery lists, anything you think of that you'll want to remember later, even if it's just to decide whether to do something or not. If some idea came up and it needs thought and you don't have time to make a decision about it now, write it down on this list and get it out of your head so that you can use your brain to focus on the matters at hand. It's been said our brains are better at having ideas than storing them. And so take that to heart and make lists instead of trying to keep things in your head. To support that habit is number 17, which is to make a habit of keeping a notepad and pen or pencil handy and using it regularly. This really is the simplest way to make sure you actually can do the preceding one of making lists. Even if you manage your task lists or anything else digitally, as a lot of us do, having a notepad and a pen or pencil handy can make it so easy and quick to jot down an idea, a reminder, a phone number, or anything else so that we actually do capture it instead of succumbing to that temptation to think, oh, I'll remember for now and I'll, I'll add it to my digital to-do list later. Again, we're carrying things around in our head and those open loops, as David Allen refers to them, are, are a distraction to us that keep us from being at our best when it comes to focused work. So having this notepad and pen handy, keep one in your purse, keep one, you know, on, in the kitchen somewhere handy, wherever you can grab it uh, and have it handy and, and actually be able to use it can make a big difference because once you've captured it, you can always process it into your digital tool later. But I think it's a great habit to have. It's something I've started doing just at, on my desk here. I keep a small notepad and a pen handy so that 
I can jot down if I, I don't know, if something comes to mind that I need to do uh, that's uh, I, I can't do right now, I'll write it down there. Or if I'm on a phone call with a client or a colleague and something comes up, a piece of information I need to remember, I can just quickly jot it down. It makes a big difference in um, sort of your peace of mind and your ability to be focused if you write these things down. And you make it easy to do that if you develop the habit of always having a notepad and pen handy. Number 18 is kind of similar, and that is to put commitments into your calendar the minute you make them. This same principle applies that we've been talking about here. It is the only way to be sure that you don't ever miss an appointment, a meeting, or, or anything like that. Now, I use a digital calendar, and so when I enter a meeting or other appointment, which I do the minute I agree to it, the minute I say I'm going to attend it, I enter it into my calendar, and I will also include any pertinent information I'll need for that appointment or meeting. It might be a phone number if it's a conference call, or a phone number if I'm meeting someone and I'm, you know, I, I might need to call because I'm running late or something. Um, I'll put the number in there. Uh, maybe an address if it's an off-site meeting. Maybe notes about who will be attending or what the meeting is about. I always, when I enter an appointment or anything like that into my calendar, I don't just say conference call. It'll be conference call with so-and-so about such-and-such, -such, you know, whether it's a deal for one of my clients or whatever it might be. In addition, if a conference call, for instance, is was scheduled to discuss a document, I will actually attach that document to the calendar entry. That's one of the benefits of using a digital calendar. So everything I need is in that calendar entry uh, when the time comes for that meeting or appointment or call or whatever it is. And also I will set an alert. Usually for me, for calls or meetings uh, that where I don't have to leave you know, my, my office, it'll be 15 minutes ahead of time. So I have time to wrap up what I was doing and prepare for whatever's coming next. If it's, uh, if the meeting is off site, I will, my alert will come uh, earlier than 15 minutes. It'll be actually 15 minutes or so before I have to leave for that meeting, uh, making sure I allow enough time for travel. But putting those things into your calendar the minute you commit to them, whether it's a digital calendar or a paper calendar or planner, whatever it might be, put it in there, add the pertinent information, and you'll never miss another appointment. Number 19 uh, is making a habit of blocking off time for your most important tasks. Uh, time can so easily get eaten up with less important things. So if we develop the habit of when we've got a task we need to give some attention to, looking into our calendar and actually blocking out the time when we're going to work on that thing, make sure then we can schedule around it for the less important things. Uh, be sure when you do that to include time for things that are important to you personally, uh, you know, whether it's... Uh, spending time on your a hobby or meeting for lunch with a friend or whatever it might be. But whatever's important to you, lock that time off early in the week so that you can schedule the less important things around what's really important to you. Number 20 
a habit that I certainly need to work on, and maybe you too, is to take a break. That's something we can do for two minutes. Just get up from your workspace, stretch, walk up and down a flight of stairs maybe, step outside if you can uh, in that short period of time, or just go stand and look out a window for a minute and breathe. Uh, it's often we we think we don't have time to take breaks and we just keep plugging along trying to get all the things done that need to be done, but taking a break can make a huge difference in our ability to continue to be productive. Even if it's just two minutes, it can make a huge difference in in the time that comes after it. So developing the habit of taking breaks when you finish one task before you move on to the next thing, just get up and breathe, take a walk around the hallway, whatever it might be for two minutes uh, is an important habit. It's not a a break from being productive, it is actually an essential part of being productive, I really believe. So that was number 20. Now, I actually have a couple of bonus habits to consider. And so bonus number one is to take two minutes before saying yes to an invitation or a request. Ask yourself if you uh, feel enthusiastic about it or if you dread it. Ask if it serves your priorities and your values. Ask if you actually want to commit time, energy, and attention to it. Take just two minutes to think about that before you say yes, because sometimes the better answer after reflection, even just two minutes of reflection, will be no. And that's okay too. And bonus habit number two is to spend two minutes every morning or evening, thinking about and actually writing down one or more things that you're grateful for. I think this is such an important habit for all of us. There are numerous studies out there that show that grateful people are happier people and that happier people are more productive. So cultivating gratitude is very, very important. And it takes intentionality because all day, every day, the world around us will offer you lots of things to be worried about or afraid of or angry about or resentful of. We can counter that by consciously and intentionally looking for and recording those things that we can be grateful for. And so developing that habit on purpose, whether it's first thing when you get up in the morning or, you know, toward the end of the day, looking back and finding one or two things to write down that you're grateful for can make a huge difference in your frame of mind, your peace of mind, your happiness, and therefore your productivity. So uh, those are my 20 habits that I came up with in doing some research and thinking about this, plus the two bonus ones. Uh, I am not suggesting by any stretch that you should take on all of these at once if these are things that you're not doing already. The best way to instill a new habit is one or two at the most at a time. If any of these resonate with you in particular, consider, you know, trying to instill that habit, cultivate that habit in your life before you do any others. 
maybe identify a particular pain point in your own life. Is it missed appointments? Then maybe you want to develop the habit of writing appointments down in your putting them in your calendar and setting alarms. Uh, is your pain point regularly misplaced keys or purse? Then maybe you want to develop the habit of establishing a a place for them for when you come in the door where you always put them. Is your pain point an overstuffed closet so you can't ever find anything to wear? Okay, so maybe a habit you'll want to cultivate is every day finding one item to take out of your closet to put in a donation box. I don't know. Uh, whatever your pain point might be, choose a habit, whether it's one on this list or some other that makes sense to you, that addresses that pain point, and then intentionally cultivate that habit for a few weeks before you add any others. And one other thought uh, to keep in mind is when you're introducing a new habit, use habit stacking, where you basically attach a new habit to something you already do habitually. It makes it easier to remember and get it established. So there you are. Those are 20-ish uh, habits for us all to consider to keep our space and our life more organized and help us to be more productive. I'd love to know what you think. What are your favorite two, three, four-minute habits that help you stay organized and productive? You know, I, I, I would encourage you to share those. Often we think, well, I just do this. This is not a big deal. Everybody already knows this. You'd be surprised at how many people don't know. It doesn't occur to them the, the thing that you do habitually that could make a difference in their life. So share those with us. You can share your ideas in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 475. That's also where you'll find links to several uh, articles and a couple of YouTube videos that have some other great ideas for habits to, uh, to help us be more organized. Uh, you can also post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. Or if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that's a great place for us to share these ideas and encourage each other in developing habits that help us to be more organized, happier, more at peace, and more productive. As always, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I would love to hear from you. And I think that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. I appreciate you spending this time with me. I hope you felt like it was worth your time and that you found something in it that's helpful or encouraging to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. <laughs>